North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, all of you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I'm Dr. Lauren Noel. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor. And tonight we have a wonderful show in store for you. We have a guest on the show that I am a little starstruck that she's on the show. As a naturopathic doctor, we really look up to this woman who is going to be on the show tonight. So I'm very, very excited to introduce her in just a second. Um, In the meantime, I just want to give you a couple of announcements. Next week's show is going to be a great one. We're talking all about reversing autoimmune disease using nutrition. So Sarah Ballantyne, Dr. Ballantyne, she uh, just released a book called The Paleo Approach, and it's all about autoimmune disease using the paleo diet. So if you haven't looked at that book, check it out. I don't actually know if it's been released yet, but if it is, get your copy, and uh, we'll be talking with her next week. And then the following week, we're going to have Alex Jameson on the show. She was actually supposed to be on last week, and um, she truthfully uh, confessed to me that she actually fell asleep with her son on the couch after I think it was feeding him, um, and so she missed the show, and it was okay because, you know, she's a young mom, so what are you going to do? So she'll be on the next week, and that's all about listening to your cravings, and she actually, if you guys remember Alex Jameson, she was um, in the movie Super Size Me. She was uh, the girlfriend in the show, the vegan girlfriend, and she's no longer a vegan, and she's going to tell all about her story and why that is the case, so that is uh, a week from next week, so for so two weeks from tonight. So mark your calendars for the for those shows. If you guys don't know me, check me out on my website, drlaurennoel.com. I work with patients locally here in San Diego, but I also work with patients all over the country. So if you're working with a doctor, you're not getting better, maybe you haven't seen a doctor in years and it's just time to do a checkup, I'd be happy to work with you. So check me out on that website or on the uh, clinic website, shinenaturalmedicine.com. On to tonight's show. Donna Gates is my guest tonight. Donna Gates is amazing. I love her book, The Body Ecology Diet. I've known about it for a really long time, even in, back before naturopathic school, and so I'm really happy to have her on the show. So about Donna, Donna Gates is an international best-selling author of The Body Ecology Diet, Recovering Your Health and Rebuilding Your Immunity. She's also the author of The Body Ecology Diet or Guide to Growing Younger, Anti-Aging Wisdom for Every Generation, and Stevia, Cooking with Nature's Calorie-Free Sweetener. An advanced fellow with the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, she is on a mission to change the way the world eats. The the body ecology diet was the first of its kind, sugar-free, gluten-free, casein-free, and rich in probiotic foods. In 1994, Donna introduced the natural sweetener stevia to the United States, yeah, some big stuff, began teaching about fermented foods, and she coined the phrase the inner ecosystem. She's like... I'm like just wholly on this show, to describe the network of microbes that maintains our basic physiological processes from digestion to immunity. And you guys know we talk about this all the time, so this is a big honor. Over the past 25 years, Donna has become one of the most respected authorities in the field of digestive health, diet, and nutrition. Body Ecology is the leader in fermented foods and nutrition. Donna, thank you so much for coming on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, what a beautiful interjection, especially what you said about nature pests. Appreciating the work, I I didn't even know that. So thank you. That's really amazing. (laughs) 
You really you. don't know that. That's amazing to me. No, really? I don't. <laughs> no, because, you know, when you do things in your life, you put them together in teeny little pieces and you don't look. I never look back. I don't yeah. have time to notice what I've done. And so, right. you know, it's just it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. <laughs> but, yeah, and, I get know, it. There's still so much more to do. And so many of us doing it together. That, that's what's really exciting is how many people, especially young people in your generation, they're, it's just a very, very exciting time. I have been doing this long enough to remember very clearly how small uh, the group was of people that were interested. I mean, I remember very clearly that you know, people would argue with me that sugar is really good for you. You have to have sugar. And, really? uh, you know, now with paleo diets and everything, there's a lot of people realizing, hey, we shouldn't be having sugar. We've come a really long way. So how is it that you were kind of ahead of the time back then, you know? I mean, wh- what helped you get to some of the conclusions that you had? Who influenced you? Well, you know, I, I, I this sounds very esoteric, but I look back now and I realize I, I've always felt that there was amazing force sort of helping me find answers to things. I think I was asking certain questions that maybe people hadn't asked yet. And, um, you know, like I remember very clearly writing the Body Ecology Diet book and thinking, you know, for people with candidiasis and thinking, well, you know, people can't stay on sugar. They have to have something else to get well. And so through an amazing arrangement, really, really amazing, they were definitely not me doing them, Stevia, the white stevia powder. I mean, people had the stevia leaf, and they mm-hmm. crushed it up and put it in tea bags, and it tasted pretty, you know, very, very licorice-like and wasn't going to fly. And then I got the, um, through the amazing story, really, got an opportunity to get uh, find, in a, basically pretty much in the laboratory, that um, <clears throat> the Chinese had, the Japanese had developed the technology to pull the robotiocyte and steviocyte out of the leaf, leaving behind all the stuff that tastes funny, and bring this powder, you know, create this powder, this dry powder. And so I actually got some over here. And on Friday, when the last of it arrived, the FDA put a ban on it coming in. And my garage wow. by this time was completely, like half of it was completely full. With It was 1,000 pounds of stevia, which is like 200,000 pounds of sugar. And so I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And then right after that, I met Dr. Robert, uh, Dr. Um, Atkins, and um, he loved it that I had it. He was really big on alternative sugar sources, and he started promoting it. And then Julian um, Whitaker and, and Dr. Andrew Weil, everybody started helping me get the word out about it. And <clears throat> that's actually how Buddy Ecology, you know, I started packaging it and selling it, and that's how Buddy Ecology sort of got funded to get started. But then, you know, I realized, okay, good, that that's handled, and, except that, you know, Nick's, thing is it wasn't approved as a sweetener and first of all I had to kind of fly under the radar for several years because it was kind it was kind of illegal and kind of not because they said you couldn't bring it in but I had it there <clears throat> so <laughs> I sold it and uh, taught many people about it and how to use it and all so I wrote that book uh, uh, with recipes and, and the, that book isn't a body ecology book it's got just lots it's got cheesecakes and things I would say not to eat particularly if you have something really wrong with you. But I did want to show people how to use stevia in things. And then, um, But then, the, you know, the next thing was the gut. You know, back then nobody was talking about the gut. No one knew anything. Microbiologists were studying bacteria and all around the world and universities and so on, but nobody was talking about the gut 
uh, and the micro, you know, this, we now call it the microbiome, but there wasn't a term for it back then. So I thought, well, you know, I started finding all this information. I thought, this is so important that we understand what this microbiome is doing. So I, I called, I had to come up with a word to describe it when I talked about it, so I used the term inner ecosystem because it's a whole entire amazing world on inside of our gut. And, um, you know, I began to teach people the science. You know, why are they there? And then I began to, you know, even I would find the most amazing information from the strangest places, even from vets, for example, veterinarians. But, you know, learning about how the inner ecosystem would get established at birth. Now, everybody talks about it now, but honestly, no one knew it or talked about it that 20 years ago. And so, um, you know, I kind of, uh, and then, of course, then the next came the fermented foods and, you know, realizing that that's where, when you're born, we're supposed to have this inner ecosystem set up in our gut, nature's gut, that it's such a critical thing to our well-being. We really can't live safely on this planet without that being there, without this inner ecosystem being there. And then, you know, for many, many of us, we weren't, uh, we weren't inoculated at birth as we slipped through the birth canal with healthy bacteria. And also we... Um, didn't weren't breastfed to get the right type of bacteria, you know, the right diversity to grow inside of us. And and so what do we do now? You know, and, and then I was always asking that question, you know, please help me figure out what what to do and, and how do you how do you fix a gut that's broken in a sense and you know, how do you get this inner ecosystem established? And then I began to understand more about fermented foods. Eventually after a while probiotics started to get a lot of attention. But people still don't understand how very, very important these fermented foods are. And all over the world people have always eaten them. They're not, they're certainly not a new discovery. Every single culture that supposedly survived the flooding of the earth 6,000 years ago uh, had fermented foods, which of course makes sense because if the world was flooded with water, people couldn't have survived unless they had fermented foods. They are survival foods. but And they've always been ours. I mean, we wouldn't be here today if we hadn't been able to ferment cabbage and make it through long winters and so on. But um, everybody had fermented foods, but nobody understood why they had them. I mean, they didn't understand how valuable they are. So we tended, in this country, people tended to come over from their, their wherever they were from, and they'd leave behind their fermented foods, adopt the foods that they could get over here, and uh, because they didn't appreciate the value. So, you know, that was the process of beginning to uh, teach about fermented foods and their importance, and today they're even getting more and more popular. Still not in the mainstream, but definitely in our world where people are mm-hmm. really into their health. I think a lot of people are really into, certainly um, realize fermented foods are important. Yeah. What are some of your favorite ones, your favorite fermented foods? I know there's so many um, types. Well, I think fermented vegetables in fermented coconut water kind of are the top of the list because, you know, some people, because kombucha is so very popular and available in the store and you can run in and get a bottle for a couple dollars, you know, a lot of people are drinking that. But that's wild fermentation. And as is beer and wine and sourdough bread, uh, rejuvelac, you know, that that a lot of people in the uh, Ann Wigmore's community, you know, were... Mm-hmm. She recommended that, but it, those are well fermentation, and if you have a yeast infection in your body, they're uh, not good to eat at all. And, and that was the other thing that was coming along right with all this, is that I met Dr. William Crook along the way and realized, gosh, I've got a systemic yeast infection. I took antibiotics. My skin was broken out. I ate the wrong foods. I grew up in the South and had a lot of fried chicken and less than, uh, probably too much sugar and all, but... Um, 
you know, I, I had candidiasis when I met him, and I realized, gosh, this is a big problem. I think probably many, many people have this. And, um, he, I, you know, he gave me his book, and I was very fortunate. He just, just had launched his book at a uh, trade show in Anaheim. And I had about 20 minutes just sitting alone with him out under a fountain. And he talked to me, and, and I got a copy of the book, and he had signed it and all. And I went home, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. But the diet wasn't strict enough. You know, it still allowed rice and all. But I thought, well, I'd had all these years of training and even had been to Japan and studied with Lima Sao and actually studied a very high form of Japanese cooking called kaiseke. And it's all about food as medicine, which I noticed you promote too, Lauren. But... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, I thought, well, you know, okay, here's the condition. Let me figure out what we can, let me figure out what this condition is. And there was very, very, very little known about it. And then here's food, and let's see, you know, how to match those two. So I began that process, and that's eventually what became body ecology. You know, I'd, I'd try it on myself. I was getting better. I'd try it. Other people would come. I'd try it on them. They were getting better. But um, especially with the addition of the fermented foods. But if you eat a food, a fermented food with wild fermentation in it, the um, two, so the wild fermentation means it has wild yeast in it. And to the immune system, and this is an autoimmune reaction, which I know you're about to talk about soon on another show, but um, to your immune system, that wild yeast looks exactly like the yeast that your immune system has been fighting vigorously, and it attacks and reacts to that wild yeast. So, And also, you know, the wild yeast foods, beer and kombucha, and all, they create a lot of gas and bloating because it's not the kind of, bacteria that really needs to be in the gut, it's totally different from the bacteria that you'll find when you ferment vegetables or you ferment milk or ferment um, uh, coconut water because in those type of fermentations, you're actually putting specific bacteria uh, into that, say, the milk or the coconut water or the bacteria. In the case of um, that, I mean the vegetables. In the case of the vegetables, if you go out into the garden and you pick a head or two or three heads of cabbage and bring them into your kitchen and shred them up, pack them into a jar, they're going to ferment on their own. You got to keep the air out. That's critical. That you know, you put them in an airtight jar, and they have bacteria on them already, so they're going to actually ferment on their own. Uh, but I do, I have a different process that I developed over the years to make them even healthier by actually putting in a bacteria called Plantarum, which is naturally present on the cabbage anyway. But Plantarum is such a special bacteria in so many ways that, you know, putting a packet of that in your your shredded vegetables before you pack it into a jar. We actually make a brine too, um, which is where we put um I actually the latest thing I'm doing these days is I just take my Vitamix and put in a couple of apples and I put in some of this our starter which has the plantarum and I'll put in some extra minerals because the bacteria, you know, plantarum love minerals. The bacteria in the fermented vegetables love the bac- um love minerals. And these are minerals that come from ancient humic soil and they really love that. And I put in a, something called Echo Bloom too because that's a little more another thing that feeds any bifidus bacteria that would be in the, on the vegetables. And so, you know, I, I blend all that together and pour it all over the shredded vegetables and then pack all that in a jar. And the apples are in there because they are feeding, they're sweet, and they add extra food for the bacteria. So if you put in a bunch of extra bacteria and then you provide them with lots of extra food, many, many, many more are going to grow. So we end up with a jar of vegetables that look 
just like another jar, except they're way more potent. They've got way more bacteria in them. Um, and I love it that you can do that, you know, kind of enhance nature. But, but you know, the, on the, veg, the vegetables, for example, which is probably why they're my favorite, um, there's this amazing diversity on that cabbage. When that cabbage was a baby, the baby seed, and started to grow, the bacteria were on it, and then and they were in, they were on it in a very special uh, relationship to each other. It's a very symbiotic relationship uh, with all these many many different types of bacteria that nature wanted there. And so, as the cabbage grows up, that symbiotic relationship is on that cabbage, and you're shredding uh, up the cabbage, and you're packing it in a jar, and you're bringing that wisdom of nature. That biodiversity, that amazing ability that these bacteria have developed to work together, you 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 brought that into your kitchen, you packed it into a jar, and now you're eating it. Um, it's it's really really profound what it does, and um, it's more it's even though I do recommend the use of probiotics, I think that the fermented foods have the ability to move into the gut and clear away you know uh, the environment. So that they pave the way, in a sense, for the more fragile, say, bifidus bacteria that you might take as a supplement. Hmm, that is a really cool recipe you just shared for some fermented vegetables. So I'm curious. There was one of the ingredients I wasn't able to catch. You said a couple apples, the starter with the plantarum. Mm-hmm. You throw in some minerals, um, and then you said mm-hmm. one other ingredient. What was the other one? Well, we have another product that I added to the line so that people could have it. It's called Echo Bloom. And it's really chicory inulin, this powdered chicory inulin. And I usually put a scoop of that into the blender also. That is a um, prebiotic. And, you Mm -hmm. know, bacteria, there's a lot of information on probiotics and prebiotics. And Echobloom, which is chicory inulin again, um, it specifically tends to feed more of the bifidus bacteria. Now, bifidus is, Mm -hmm. again, one bacteria that I would recommend people take as a supplement. Uh, because it's a bacteria that's fragile and easily destroyed uh, by stress even and uh, too much sugar, too, too much fat in the diet, you know, high saturated fat diets, which are very common in our diet, like like me growing up in the South. I mean, we, we cooked our vegetables in ham hock and fried chicken, and lots of people eat that way, French fries and greasy pizzas and everything. So all these high fat diets that we're on, and unfortunately a lot of paleo people are eating way too much fat, they mm-hmm. destroy the bacteria, particularly bifidus. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, a bad guy named Wadsworthia takes over and causes inflammation and lots and lots of leaky gut and bad things happen in the gut after from then on out. So it's really um, important to understand this inner world. It's easy to do that today because there are, it seems like, trillions of studies out now because people are, it's just one of the hottest areas of research is the whole gut mm-hmm. microbiome. And that old saying that health begins in your, or disease begins in your colon, your gut, is so true. Um, and now we've got so much science to show that. Hmm, that's fascinating. Yeah, and I, I really believe in, in, in individuality to diets. So I think that, you know, one person can do better on higher fat, another person maybe does better on more protein or more carbohydrates. So mm-hmm. I think it's really different mm-hmm. for people. And I think that's fascinating that, that a lot of people on the paleo diet can be on too much fat. I'm curious, just mm-hmm. kind of a, a follow-up question with that. Do you think that people on the paleo diet sometimes don't do enough um, fiber? In their diet, what's your thoughts on fiber? Absolutely, you know, if you look at the microbiome in the gut, they need fiber, and mm-hmm. there are other things coming from the slow. Uh, you know, I'm not at all into sugar, and on the Body Ecology diet, we have the grain-like seeds like 
quinoa and millet. They're seeds, actually. They're really not grains. But after somebody's got a real healthy gut microbiome and they've gotten rid of their candidiasis, because, you know, rice, for example, yeah, it's gluten-free, but it will feed yeast because it's got that enough sugar in it. But, you know, some people, like over the years, I've been doing this for a really long time, I saw so many people, you know, do, um, because it's good at first to give up all the sugar and you'll feel temporarily much, much better, but not everybody does. Now, mm-hmm. now we're looking at genes and we can really, really understand exactly why that's happening, but also the adrenals need a little bit of slow-release carbon, so does the thyroid, so in the fiber for the gut and food for the flora, you know, they, they, they eat they eat things in the yeah. grains that help feed them and help them grow. And you do have to tend the garden, so to speak, feed the bacteria. So, um, you know, two things. I think um, that it's good to eat, you know, to go to rice, say, for example, after the quinoa, the grains and so on. For many, many people, not everybody, but many people will find that they do need a little bit of um complex carbs in their diet, like rice, for example. But what we do in Vita Ecology is you, it's a small portion on your plate with the 80% vegetables, maybe soup and salad and steamed, you know, stir-fried vegetables or something with healthy oils, a little bit of rice, and then always some cultured vegetables or fermented foods in the meal because the the vegetables then, uh, the, the fermented vegetables have all the bacteria. They're going to eat that sugar in the rice, and you don't get that same reaction uh, in your body. You get a positive reaction from eating it. And also the, um, you know, especially, so what I prefer for people to do is have their protein in the middle of the day, maybe even two or three small protein meals, and then uh, based on their condition and their needs, their exercise, and or whether they sit all day. But but then for dinner, that's when you're going to have your grain-like seeds or if you're at that stage where you can have the rice that says uh, oatmeal. I, I think oatmeal is another not not oatmeal, not cut up oatmeal because it's very dirty, or not mm-hmm. um, rolled oats. You know um, the steel cut oats; they're very dirty too. But actually buying the whole oats, washing them off, soaking them properly, and then eating them—that's another valuable one. But what happens is, particularly when you eat them at the end of the day, your serotonin goes up, your melatonin mm-hmm. comes out at night, and you sleep better. I've seen so many, many people not producing enough serotonin, enough GABA, finding that like, there's one rice in particular, the sprouted brown rice that True Roots make, is a strain of rice that's very, very high in GABA. So if mm. there's somebody that's at that stage where they've gotten real grumpy and they're just not sleeping anymore, and but they're on the paleo diet, you know, all protein and, you know, you know, again, the, if you're going to do paleo, you've got to do it with fermented foods. You've got to make, for some people, they've lost their stomach acid. They've got to digest it. But I... um I think it's not for everybody, and I'm also a huge believer in one of the seven principles is the principle of uniqueness. And a couple of years ago, I started getting into nutritional genomics, thrilled to death that that was emerging in the world. It hasn't really made it into the language of most of the people mainstream, you know, health nuts, <laughs> but it is on its way big time, and we're going to see that we can have our genes tested very easily, and if you're the APOE2 or 3 um, you know, there's then you um, can have a little bit of slow release carbs. Actually, should if you the APOE, you should not. You need a lot of dark green leafies in your diet and everything. So, so I'm thrilled that we are here now, and we can really, really use science, our you know, our genes to um, help us know. So, instead of 
fooling around and guessing all the time. The other thing mm-hmm. too about that's important to know about the gut microbiome is the that we have our own set of genes. About thirty thousand, every single cell has its all of our genes in it, and um, or unique genes. But every single bacteria in our gut has its own set of genes as well. So wow. when we so so the genes are just sitting there waiting for us to do, they're like inert, you know, and they they're waiting for a signal. We and we give them that signal. So. Uh, if we're stressed out, we're sending them one signal. If we're eating bad food, we're sending them a bad signal. And then they then they do all the wrong things. You know, the the good gut, the good genes that would do good things suddenly get real quiet, and the bad ones get expressed. But every single bacteria in our gut is also with its own set of genes waiting for us to communicate to it. So it's you know, food is information. And so what kind of information are we giving to our genes? And then what kind of information? Now it's gotten even more interesting because what kind of information are we giving to the gut bacteria and to their genes as well? Wow, that's fascinating. Uh, You mentioned the uh, oats, um, the whole oats. Can you get those gluten-free? Because I know oftentimes those are contaminated, Mm -hmm. at least oats in general are. Yeah, you do have to be, um, like, probably usually go online. But again... You know, I think, um, the, okay, so somebody with a really irritated gut reacting to gluten, you know, very few people are actually truly celiac. The rest of the people that are reacting to gluten, I never eat gluten myself, um, you know, they're not they're not going to die or really, really be sick if they eat it. But mm-hmm. they are reacting maybe in subtle ways. And then the gluten that they're reacting to is, um, you know, you know, everybody probably knows this by now, but we don't have the same wheat that we used to have before the 50s, and it's different and mm-hmm. not good. But, you know, if, you're, if, if you've got oats growing and you've got a healthy gut microbiome and you eat by just normal oats and they do have a little gluten, you're not going to react because you've got this healthy gut. See, that there's so many things. Like when FODMAP came out, you know, over in Australia, they've got the... FODMAP program mm-hmm. for people with gut problems, and so you avoid fructans and uh, lots of other foods, you know, and polyols, and uh, there's a whole list of foods. You, If you have a gut problem, you can't eat them. But the whole thing is, is if you have a gut problem. So our goal is to help people fix their gut so they right. can eat some of those foods without reacting. And it's the same thing with, like, the oats. Honestly, by the time you would be adding oats in to your diet, you would be definitely not reacting to them if they were slightly contaminated with a touch of gluten on them. Yeah. But it's really important I, I love because that they're really quite dirty. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so many things like that. Okay, so what do bacteria do in our gut? Like why are they even in there for the first in the first place? Well, one of their most important jobs is to protect us from, you know, we the, the gut the digestive tract is a tube that runs through our body and uh, things are certain, very selective things are allowed into our body, and the things that are not supposed to be in there are not allowed in, and they're passed out of the digestive tract. So they're sitting there waiting to uh, identify what's good and what's bad. And so let's say you, you know, you have some mercury on your fish or um, a little teeny bit of gluten on your oats or something. Their job is to get rid of it for you. They get rid of eggs and larvae on your People are really, really, really infected with parasites today in the gut, and they're, they're not supposed to be because, again, we're supposed to, you know, start life with a healthy gut microbiome and keep it there by eating fermented foods and protecting us. Um, but we aren't eating them, so we don't have that protection. That is one of their jobs. They communicate with the gut wall, which is um, 
a, a huge, huge important part of our body called the enteric nervous system or second brain. They're literally communicating to that wall. And, you know, years ago I used to say that, but there was no science to support it, but I just knew it. <laughs> and it was so logical and made so much sense. Hello, Donna, are you still there? I think we've lost Donna off the air. Shoot. All right, Donna, if you can hear this, call back in, 818-495-6919, 818-495-6919. Darn it. Sorry, you guys listening. I'm going to send an email while we're on the air. Oh, I love live radio. You never know what's going to happen. Let's see if she calls back in a sec. Give me one second. Man, such interesting material. I was really into it. Well, while we're uh, hanging, waiting for... Oh, there she is. One second. Lauren. Are you there? I'm back. Yeah. Okay, welcome I back. I don't know when you dropped <laughs> off. I suddenly heard a dial tone. Well, you're back. <laughs> Where were um, we? Yes. Um, well, I was talking about the different things that bacteria do, but I'm not sure how far I got before I lost you. Yeah, you were talking about... Um, uh, let's see. I think you were talking about it communicating with the lining of the gut. You're talking about the genes oh, of yeah, the good. bacteria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really important thing, though, because they're um, communicating to the gut wall, and that's that big enteric nervous system is really part of the brain in your body. It's connected to the massive brain cells in your head, to the vagus nerve, and um, as a matter of fact, it's such an important part of the body that. If you severed the vagus nerve and the brain in the head and the brain in the gut couldn't talk to each other, the brain in the gut goes on surviving and doing a whole bunch of things, digesting food, making mm-hmm. neurotransmitters and so on. But um, the brain in our head really suffers. And um, so it's, I always call it the primal gut. The, the brain in our gut is more primal. Uh, it's, it, you know, the brain in our head, of course, you need your brain in your head and 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 it needs information from the gut, and they need to work together. But the microbes are in there and playing a very important role of making sure that happens well and properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so fascinating. I love this stuff. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> Me too. Let's talk about from the perspective of, of the beginner, someone who doesn't do any fermented foods. Maybe they do paleo, but they haven't really jumped into fermentation. So can you give just some tips on getting started with adding these foods in the diet? Because I know oftentimes people can just jump into it, and they might get some mm-hmm. digestive upset. So how can people just ease into it? Well, um, there it depends on where you live. If you live out here in California, there's a bunch of companies now that are making fermented foods, so, you know, sauerkraut and fermented vegetables. Um, I don't. I think you know. There's a few people online that mail them off to you. I, one of the things I love about Weston A. Price is they promote a. Uh, I love. They're amazing. They've done a, an amazing job trying to bring back raw milk and everything. And um, you know, they um, <clears throat> publish a little shopping guide every year, which is actually loaded with a bunch of people that are uh, making fermented vegetables. Um, let's see what else. And then they're from, oh, coconut, um, coconut kefir is an amazing story behind it. Uh, something else I invented uh, because a lot of, cho- uh, you know, I, I was teaching people f- how to make fermented milk kefir and why that, why that was good for you, but a lot of people can't do milk. I'm even very sensitive to it myself. And, 
you know, one day I got I wanted to work with autistic children and help them, and I and I didn't know quite where to start, even really what autism was. But I do have a degree in child development, so I went to a Dan conference and started learning. Oh, so the kids all have yeast infections and they have heavy metals in their body and you know digestive problems and um, and and so what, they need to be on a diet like the Body Hodgie diet. Uh, you seem to have you know other some brain stuff going on, and I think at least I can help. So I was very fortunate to start attracting mothers uh, to me, you know, to me, and I started explaining what I thought would work, and then since then hundreds of children have recovered, and we have a program for autism. But um, the coconut kefir was a really, really important part of the whole program. And and so one day I was just, before this all happened, I was just in the kitchen, and I just suddenly got this idea to... um, ferment the coconut water because I was thinking, you know, people can't do uh, milk kefir and um, the bacteria in it are really good. They're just amazing uh, balance of, you know, there's an amazing uh, kefir is 5% yeast and it's the only fermented food that does. But that's exactly what the amount of yeast should be in our gut. And, you know, as I'm pondering all this, I was thinking about how everybody's really getting into coconut water. This was like 10 or 12 years ago. And, um and they're drinking it like crazy, and it's really not good because it's super, super loaded with sugar. And I just got the idea to ferment it. So I started fermenting it, and very fantastic things started happening to people, and they'd report that their knee problems went away and their skin became beautiful and their hormone, imba- you know, hormone imbalances cleared up, and which gave me an idea right away that the liver was definitely improving. But um, it spread like crazy all over the world even. You know, other parts of the world were doing it, Hong Kong and Germany and... Canada and New Zealand and Australia, and um, and and then the um, but it was having a it's a, where we start with the autistic children because you can flavor it you know you ferment the coconut water and then you can add a real sour juice and a little stevia to it so the kids would drink it and it started changing the gut microbiome and and then every started things started changing so many many children have recovered um, at that time nobody was they were starting to pull the kids off of gluten and casein but. They still had tons and tons of sugar. As a matter of fact, the gluten and casein companies, you know, the, the companies that made pancakes and cookies and all that, they were gluten-free, yes, but they still were loaded with bad oils and tons right. of sugar. And so I thought, wow, these kids are not going to get well. So, you know, I just put together what I thought would work, and it, it did. It has uh, been working for, well, 12 years now. <laughs> We've had our bedrock program in place, and um, it's really effective, but... The fermented foods are important. So, so the uh, coconut kefir is a company that you can order co- cocoa kefir. It's called Coco Kefir, C-O-C-O Kefir. That's a beautiful story because they had uh, the the people who own it, Holly and Michael Larson. They had a daughter. A tw- she was a twin, and the one twin was perfectly amazing, and the other one was very, very autistic. And one of the doctors, Dr. Ken Bach, suggested they go on the body quality diet, and they they did. They thought. It was the dad really thought it was very weird and strange mm-hmm. foods and everything. But interestingly enough, um, Tula, the little girl's name is Tula, she started improving uh, right away, and he became very intrigued. And, um, you know, the, these um, autism puts a huge strain on families. Most all of them are divorced after a certain period of time because they just can't take it. And, uh, you know, they they were um, really strained even in their personal relationship 
with each other and just coping and no answers and not knowing where to turn. And all of a sudden she starts getting well. So Michael in, college, in high school with his friend had gotten into beer making for a while. And uh, so he was really intrigued by the fermentation and he started fermenting the coconut water. And then he thought, well, look what it's doing for Tula. She's completely recovered. And then other people started showing up in their life and they wanted to have people, you know, you should be doing this. This is what worked for us. And um, he, uh, so he has started a company now called Coco Kefir, and they make delicious coconut kefir. So you can order that directly from them. And if you live in the Midwest, uh, it's all over in stores. Mm. Do you make your own kefir at home? I do, I do. Um, out here we can get frozen coconut water. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I used to crack coconuts, but just and so, and lately I've gone back to cracking coconuts because... A friend of mine, uh, Dave Goodman, has come out with a really, really cool tool called Coco Jack. Um, mm. it, that's his website is coco-jack.com, and it's so much fun to um, use this tool to get the, into the coconuts. And it's got this little scraping knife thing that goes right around and scrapes out the coconut meat, which you can also ferment. It's a fantastic raw vegan. Yum fermented protein. So really, really great. You can throw it in your smoothies or cut it up and put it in salads or just, you know, eat it, blend it up and eat it like a pudding. But um, flavor it, you know, with things like pineapple, fresh pineapple or whatever. And then, um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely do. And um, I'm sorry, I got a little doggy here in the room with me. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Oh, he's so cute. He's a little rare breed called a Miki. He's not supposed Aww. to bark during my interviews. <laughs> That's okay. Dinah's snoring right here. She's laying next to me. I snoring really loud. And she has a cool service coat on. I thought, hmm, I need to get one of those for Winston. (laughs) Yeah, it's helpful when I bring her to work. Wow. (laughs) Well, one of the things I love is that you, and this is so interesting to me, of course this is huge for the San Diego area, is, you know, beauty from the inside out. And actually one of my most listened to shows is my anti-aging show that I did, and I had no idea it was going to be such a success. So obviously people are very interested Mm -hmm. in this. And I love the concept of, anti-aging from the inside out. So tell us a little bit about your approach. Tell us a, some actually about your personal secrets I love to hear because you look fabulous. So we might as well just not reinvent the wheel and just do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, truly, without any doubt, um, kind of I definitely am aging. You know, you're going through the thing. Things happen um, when you age, like your face gets longer. You know, the distance from your eye to your top of your lip is elongates and people lose a lot of collagen and of course, you get wrinkles and so on, but you know, so there's a difference in the way I look from say each decade or so. But, but you know, still I have tremendous energy. I'm much healthier today than I used to be, way healthier, and I have a busy, very stressful life. And I'm really quite surprised at my energy level because I, I used to be so sick. And then secondly, I don't have gray hair yet at 68, and I, I keep wow. looking at this number called 70, and I think. That sounds really old, but then I think, but I don't feel old. I don't feel, I don't, I don't move like an old person. I walk not shuffle and very, very limber, and um, my mind's working great still. And the things that you know, people tend to lose their memory. Um, but I really think it all started, uh, and I don't have gray hair, and I don't color it, and uh, I don't have wrinkles. But I think honestly, it really started to make a difference when I added the fermented foods because I even when I created the young coconut kefir in the month uh, I looked in the mirror and I thought hmm seems like I'm 
looking better and looking younger. And, of course, I, I'm very much into them, so I always have them in my life, always have since then. And I think, you know, if, uh, Eli Mitchnikoff said that people, he noticed that, the people who ate fermented foods lived much longer. He he did, and he lived almost double the normal lifespan of that time. And, um, you know, I, I think it's the truth. But, of course, um, I do follow a completely sugar-free diet. I think sugar is very aging. Um I think you have to sleep. I think that's really, really important. Um, I have, you know, had my genes tested, and I know things about myself. Like I don't make GABA efficiently, you know, not, not as much as my body would like to have. So I actually take GABA and theanine, which is a precursor to GABA, together um, to help manage. You know, otherwise I'd have more anxiety, more stress. Um, I actually happen to be a big, um, you know, sometimes I, I look around the world and see what other people are doing, and placenta is used all over Europe and actually uh, all over Asia too. I think taking placenta is a fantastic thing to do. It's, I was with Burton Goldberg at the uh, last A4M conference, and he told me that he's taken tons of things. He's like in his 90s and stem cells and all kinds of stuff. And he said the thing that I'm most crazy about that's made me, he's very, um, you know, uh, very limber and present. His mind is great and his skin, you know, it's really great. He said it's placenta, you know, and so I, I wow. take that too. Oh. And I definitely think it's very, you know, it keeps your collagen uh, under your skin. And I've actually done... <laughs> This is really, I don't usually tell people this. Well, I do write about this all in my book on aging, but I've actually, um, I'm a big believer in uh, cell therapy, which is not stem cell therapy. It's called cell therapy. And cell therapy is where they take, um, and again, it's a very old, um, not that old, but 90 years old practice that's been done in um, Europe, Germany, Switzerland especially, and they, um, you know, have a herd of, of sheep, let's say, and they're, it's a very... Um, carefully raised, closed herd, and then they, they take, uh, the, they, sounds awful, they get the moms pregnant, and then from the fetuses, they actually take all different bones and brain and hypothalamus and kidney and liver and heart and everything, you know, in the body, and that's given as a therapy to people, and so it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, I know Jonathan Wright is crazy about it, but he's tried to offer it several times to his patients, but the FDA always watches him and always comes after him. But um, it's a really, you know, there are things that we can do that can uh, per- slow down the aging. Because what you're doing with the cell therapy is you're putting new parts, in, like into your liver your, or heart or your brain or something. You're adding fresh new cells into the into um, your brain, and mm-hmm. it's going to work better, you know. And those cells, of course, carry information, and they tell the other cells to wake up and behave young. And so, wow. um, but, but, I'm just, but most I'm just of all, diet, stress. This is funny to me. I'm, I'm literally picturing like any vegan patients I have, I mean, not patients, listeners, which I'm sure I don't uh-huh. have any vegan listeners, but I can see their eyes wide, their jaws dropping, like just listening to yeah. it. It's, it's well, kind of Well, you know, it sounds Sorry, awful, continue. but we do eat um, animals, and many people do, and so they, I mean, yeah, the idea of taking a different? fetus and everything, but it's um, it's really used, it was used for much more serious things than, than for any I think it's fascinating. And it's available. The thing is, 
you know, for people who really are concerned about aging and want to reverse their aging, it is widely available around the world and used by other people. It's just that we're not told about it, mentioned this at rarely in this country, so people don't know about it. And they think it's strange because it's new, but it's very, very, very well proven. You know, it's got mm-hmm. lots and lots of years of safety and effectiveness behind it. But so where um, would again, they find this? Where would they find the placenta or the cell therapy? In the um, well, <laughs> um, they probably can't contact me. <laughs> contact us, you know. <laughs> okay. Because uh, sometimes you're not, <laughs> you can get in got trouble, it. I guess, if you... <laughs> I can tell them where to go to get it. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, what other secrets, little anti-aging secrets? That's awesome. That's really helpful stuff. Well, you know, we have a product called Ancient Earth Minerals, and when when I do travel a lot and I get under a lot of stress and everything, I notice I'll start getting a little, a, like a few gray hair, hairs will show up, and I think, uh oh, mm-hmm. I'm moving in that direction, you know, because that hair hair turns gray because we've lost our stem cells for that 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 hair has lost its stem cells, but it's poor nutrition and stress that usually do that. So um, I just we have a product called Ancient Earth Minerals, and I just double, I try to take it three and three every day, three in the morning, three at bedtime, but then I'll, like, double up on it, and, like, within a couple of days, you know, it's it's not not going in that direction any longer. Um, Heishu Wu is a cool herb for that, too, and, you, and I sometimes I'll take them together, but usually the ancient earth minerals really work by themselves, and, um, you know, I, I honestly think as, as very, very important as food is, um, and then keeping the gut really healthy, uh, elimination, you know, being sure that you're actually um, uh, going to the bathroom all the time. And then another thing that we promote in Body Ecology is our colonics because many people, there's many, many reasons why we uh, aren't eliminating well. Um, methylation, which is a cycle in the body that has to do with detoxification, um, isn't working, you know, poor stomach acid, stress, um, Low thyroid, low adrenal function, many, many you know reasons why people don't eliminate, and then and then all their life they don't. So we accumulate a lot of material in the gut, and it's mostly in the small intestine. You can go to a colonic, good colon therapist in about four or five sessions. You really completely cleaned everything in the colon, but um, and then after that, you know, the beginning of every colon, you rinse out. Every colonic, you rinse out what's in the colon. But what's in the small intestine is, is what you really want to get to because the small intestine is 22 feet long. And it's about an inch and a half in diameter. And it can store a lot of material, toxic, toxic waste. And that's always inside of us. You know, I, I always try to explain to people that the, um, you know, we walk around. We human beings have a different purpose from plants. So we um, aren't, you know, rooted in the ground with our, roots going into the soil, we actually carry our soil around inside of us. And because of that, you know, you have to think of this this whole region of your body as your where your soil is stored, but how healthy is your soil, you know, is this um, soil, you know. So you have your soil has bacteria in it and it has parasites in it and it has um, minerals and lots of nutrients in it uh, for the plants, and we do too. So I think... Um, However, if you spent your whole life, 40, 50, 60, 30 years or whatever, eating really red foods and a lot of gummy foods, like when you eat bread, for example, you're putting this floury, gooey, gummy like stuff that you can make paper shape, mache masks out of 
in your body over and over and over again, and that accumulates. It doesn't all leave all our lifelong. Uh, when we put protein and sugar together, you're creating a very slimy substance called glycoprotein. That accumulates in the gut. So we think that we age because you, you know, years are going by, but we really age because, I mean, many, several reasons, a bunch of reasons why we age, but if this, if your gut, if your small intestine is beginning to accumulate this kind of material, it cannot, uh, you cannot absorb nutrients, and it becomes a breeding ground for a lot of parasites. Now, that can be cleaned out with chronics that are done properly, and when you do clean that toxic material out of you, you are really a whole different person. You know, your your brain works differently, your happier, you're, um, you're going to age much more slowly, you're going to assimilate your foods. I mean, aging really is, in a, in a nutshell, uh, when the cells become toxic and when they're poorly nourished, it ages and dies. So an older person has really got a lot of that going on, a lot of, you know, toxins accumulating and a lot of and very much poor nourishment going on. So critical systems like the endocrine system, hormones and all aren't, aren't being made properly. Um, I just think that we haven't understood all the, the importance of cleansing and not accumulating all the things in the gut that we accumulate. So you rinse that out with colon therapy. So I do think that that's another very, very important uh, anti-aging tool. Mm-hmm. But you and have to go to a good person, um, somebody that knows what they're doing to do it properly. Right. Yeah, absolutely, because you can just wipe out the the bacteria completely. And that, that's that's a, kind of a follow-up question is, you wipe all that out, what do you do to repopulate the gut? Because obviously we're talking about its an ecosystem. Well, well so that, that, let's talk about that, wiping that all out. What are you really wiping out in the very beginning with clonics? For most people, imagine someone that goes to the bathroom only, say, twice a week or once a week or whatever, or... Um, they're constantly putting bad food in their body, and, and so as it goes through the you know through the intestines and all, it's it's toxic. You know they're not digesting their proteins and they're not breaking things down. They've got a lot of sugar and flour and bad oils and so on. So that material is not healthy, and so it's often said, especially by doctors, you know, well you don't want to do clonics, so wipe out the good bacteria. Well, they don't live there yet because. Mm-hmm. They um, they can't live there. They're they're too fragile to live in a toxic environment like that. And and so for many people, they would be better off, you know, having the colonics again done properly and soaking. Uh, it's a soaking method is what we recommend. And then they're hydrate. They're stay, the colon stays full of water the whole entire session. The therapist is letting the water out uh, uh, only as the patient. Okay, uh, the patient says, okay, I'm full and I want to release therapist turns the knob about three quarters of the way and then only the release comes out that 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 what's ready to come out and then the therapist adds more water right away and so what happens by doing that you end up with a colon that stays full of water the whole time and you start to hydrate and soak everything in the colon and even um and then it becomes comes out and then this little trap door (laughs) sequel bell that Mm -hmm. The water can't get up into the small intestine, but the small intestine can open during the um, session and then start pouring out material that's gotten hydrated also from the small intestine. Thick black stuff full of parasites, and that's when people dramatically change. Now you're eating the fermented foods, you're not eating sugar, you know, you're 
you're you're doing the good, right things and um, digesting using digestive enzymes if you need to, like some acid. Now you've got the ability to really set up a nice, healthy gut, you know, microbiome and everything. And then, then of course, that's when you don't need the clinics anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's a pro- I've watched people's lives change uh, dramatically from doing this, especially people that are poor methylators and don't detoxify well. Uh, haven't their whole life, so they're very, very toxic. And um, I've seen them just, and then they start on a, a protocol, a methylation protocol, where they're taking B vitamins and folate, folate and so on. And um, their 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 body now, their you know their liver phase one and phase two is working. Uh, but where do those toxins go? They go into the bile and down into the small intestine. Then they're supposed to, the bile's supposed to be uh, stimulating the peristaltic movement so that that material moves on out of the body. But that uh, now these people are finally you know starting to do that. But if they're not eliminating because they've got blocks in there and years of accumulation and uh, whatever, you know, they they need support. I think that I personally think the methylation cycle, uh, the whole program that we put people on for methylation, which you, which you can identify by getting your genes tested, if you you know if you need that extra support, it's really critical to couple that with colon cleansing too or home enemas that's another big one that and for children we we've been promoting home enemas for many years it's a very important part of our bedrock program because if you don't do that what happens is the kids start to detoxify the yeast start to die off that from the the um, infection you know the, our program also is the same time as getting rid of heavy metals and mercury along with the yeast because yeast are holding in those heavy metals and then the kids are feeling really bad and the parent not not knowing any better will stop and then the child doesn't get well. But if you, our parents know, uh, we have a program that people can go to the Bedrock site. It's Body, uh, Body Ecology, Bedrock Center, Body Ecology Diet Recovering Our Kids. But the website is bedrockcommunity.org. We have parents who've recovered their kids just there for free to help people with any questions that they have. But they'll tell you that the clinics, the, the home minimum, I mean, for children, home minimums, are wonderful and really speed up the recovery. So we, I am big on to make a long story short. (laughs) So I think colon therapy is very important, and it's done all over the world. The Paraclesis Clinic, Dr. Rao, uh, you know that's a very famous clinic, and down at Gerson Institute. And it's not, it's not. Maybe people listening to the radio here um, think, "Wow, that sounds really, really weird," but. A lot of people that are having success with with the patients they're working for uh, have been using it for a long time. It's an old, old therapy. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of colonics. I recommend them all the time. I'm, I'm, and, and, and like you said, if you're eating the fermented foods and repopulating the gut, then it's incredibly beneficial. And in the situation with these kids, if if they're not getting that flushed out, then they could be reabsorbing toxins and just adding mm-hmm, to the detox exactly. you know, mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. And, you know, the... Um, they are eating uh, coconut kefir and drinking. They're drinking the coconut kefir and eating cultured vegetables on that at the same time. They have a better uh, release um, mm-hmm. because those fermented foods help with detoxification, but they also have um, kind of like rotor rooters. You know, they don't want to live in a toxic environment. The first ones going in are going to die because it's not healthy for them in there. And then. They keep you just keep putting them in on a regular basis, and then they start to grow in numbers, and then they win the war over the bad guys, and they conquer the space, and now you're on your way to a very, very much healthier life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for and sure. And aging, you know, I think uh, it's that's another very important secret to aging. Mm-hmm. And, aging and the methylation, well, like you said, yeah. We we do mm-hmm. a ton of methylation testing here at the clinic. So you guys listening, if you oh, haven't wonderful. had methylation tested, give us a call. We'll, we can do methylation testing even if you're not local here to San Diego. And it's it's hugely important. I mean, I've seen patients mm-hmm. who've had you know recurrent uh, miscarriages, for example, um, patients mm-hmm. with real mood disorders, and they just can't mm-hmm. you know they can't activate those those uh, neurotransmitters. There's pathways that mm-hmm. are just not working properly, and that's a big issue. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, I kind of hesitated because it seems like a scary word in the world Yeah, people that are, don't know about it yet, but it is, I agree. It's one of the most important things you have to rule out is mm-hmm. are you poorly methylating? You must do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You must fix that problem, you know. Yeah. Well, we've flown through this hour. I don't know how that happened. I feel like we just started talking, but I have oh. two last questions here. One, I want to get really practical for both of these. The first one is I want to know kind of like a day in the life of Donna. You know, what do you do in terms of your diet on like an, on, I'm sure it's not the same every day, but what's kind of like a like a typical day of what you would eat, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, or whatever. That's my first question. And then the second is what are just three takeaways that you could, you know, recommend for listeners, like real simple things they can start, mm, you know, okay. now. Okay, so I like to have, when I wake up in the morning, I always start off with drinking as much water as I can, like several two or three big glasses and I always put minerals in them because we wake up dehydrated and acidic and the minerals are going to alkalize and the, and, and the water will hydrate. So, I, you know, to me it's like what does your body need? Well, when you wake up it needs hydrating and it needs alkalizing, but it, it needs energy too. So, um, you know, I like to maybe go down into the kitchen and then have some, you know, I might have like a grapefruit right now because it's wintertime and they're in season and they're nice and juicy. And uh, But I tend to pick the less sour ones. I um, can't think of the Oh, Oro Blanco is one I've been buying at the farmer's market lately. And um, But then I like to, to do a smoothie. Oh, before I do that, though, I always create a probiotic juice. So I'll take one of our probiotic liquids like, uh, my favorite is energy biotic, but sometimes I do Don Quai or cocoa biotic. But I'll put about three or four ounces into a little glass and put something very sour in there like acai juice or uh, cranberry juice or pomegranate. But they don't really have much sugar, and I'm putting them into the probiotic, you know, the probiotic liquid. And um, then I'll put in a drop or two of stevia and drink that. <clears throat> now I'm putting good bacteria in my gut, so that's good to start the day with that way before you start actually eating. I might have some blueberries or raspberries or grapefruit or something because they're all sour fruit, and they do give you energy, but especially those little, like the pomegranate and the acai. I, I usually buy the acai juice from um, Genesis today. They don't put any sugar in it. It's pure, sour acai juice, but their um, blackcurrant juice, they, they are adrenal tonics. So they wake up your adrenals right away you start having you'll notice big boost in energy then i then i love to have a smoothie because i think it's a great way to get a whole bunch of vegetables um you know into your diet and uh then at lunchtime well sometimes um lately i've you know particularly if i'm busy and i'm under a lot of stress i I really thrive on eggs but the way i do the eggs is they're softly cooked uh, I think it's really, really important not to uh, overcook eggs or you won't digest them. And then I have, like, I get rid of all the white and I put mostly yolks in a little cup thing and I <clears throat> part, poach it. I guess it's poached or I'll softly scramble them. But then I'll always have them with cultured vegetables and dark green leafy vegetables like kale, um, sometimes other vegetables too, like I'll just use leftovers, broccoli or asparagus or whatever. 
green beans. So, so the eggs are only a sm- small part of the meal, and there's lots of veggies, the 80-20 rule. And then, and then later on, around one-ish or so, I usually have protein, you know, like fish or chicken or a lamb stew or something. If I'm making lamb stew because we're into food combining and body ecology, I don't do uh, lamb shanks with potatoes. I would do lamb with a, a piece, of, you know, daikon and carrots cut up in there, and um, celery, chunks of celery, and, and vegetables again. But lamb is a wonderful, if you like lamb, it's a wonderful, wonderful protein. I mean, uh, many, many people thrive on it. It's the least allergenic, um, it, particularly blood type A, they tend not to do well with beef, but they do really, if, they, if they're eating animal protein, they do really well with lamb. Um, so, so midday is, that, is the protein and uh, vegetables, again, and fermented vegetables, and I usually pour some more cocobiotic or something fermented too. And then dinner, I, I do do, a veg, I always go vegetarian, either all vegetables, you know, like a big variety of vegetables, or I'll have quinoa or millet, or I'll have a quinoa soup, or um, and lately what I've been doing, because I know Dave Asprey, who has uh, the upgraded self.com, um, he introduced me to, uh, I'm not, I, okay, so I don't do coffee because I have that gene that doesn't mm-hmm. allow me to clear caffeine, the 1A2 gene, which many people have. And um, so if I drink coffee, you know, it's in my body for like 12 to 18 hours, so I don't do coffee, but a product that he has that I just love is called Brain Sustain, and it's a medium-chain triglyceride oil, that's very concentrated, so I'll put that on top of the quinoa or if I have oats or, or the agaba rice that I was mentioning from True Roots with, again, lots of vegetables and cultured vegetables, I'll put the brain sustain on top. And uh, it's really a great oil. It really does uh, go into your brain and give it energy. It's great for the thyroid. And, um, you know, and, I, and of course, I do take in throughout the day healthy oils, um, uh, krill and fish, and I like a variety. Like you know, people say, "Oh, krill's better, fish is better." I think take them both. <laughs> uh, I do use digestive enzymes when I eat protein, uh, but not. In, and we have we have them, so I'm always we body culture salts uh, enzymes too. So I think they're really valuable to use, and um, that's kind of it, really. I, I think eating early and, and not overeating is very important at nighttime because you won't sleep well if you. I've had heavy meals or a protein meal or eat too late at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think, you know, dinner should be morning? simple. Say again? What do you put in your smoothie in the morning? You said that you do a smoothie. Oh, um, I usually tend to put cucumber and zucchini and sometimes celery, and but lettuce, you know, two or three leaves of romaine lettuce. I'll throw in herbs like cilantro and parsley. Um, sometimes I'll put in juices like lemon juice and uh, lime juice or something like that, but um, I usually put a little bit of fruit, like um, a, a half a bag of frozen blueberries or a, couple, a green apple, you know, uh, one green apple. I, I, I think it's important to keep the fruit versus the vegetables in an 80-20 ratio or even a 90-10 ratio. So if you really got lots of problems in the beginning, keep the fruit down to a tight, you know, just, just barely in there. Like you've got this one apple and then all these vegetables so your body doesn't think it's getting sugar. But um, again, you know, I'm having. I'll, I'll sometimes I'll uh, a lot of times actually I'll put in a slash of our um, energy biotic or cocoa biotic because again you're adding really 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 powerful bacteria to the um, to the smoothie. Uh, sometimes I put a couple drops of stevia in, or I'll put in a little bit of the a coconut butter or coconut, the medium chain triglyceride uh, brain mm-hmm. sustain that I mentioned. It's brain, yeah, brain brain octane. I 
said the wrong word. It's brain octane, not brain octane. That's a David Pratt. Got it. Brain octane, like fuel. And, um, <laughs> you know, so it's a pretty delicious. I, I play around with different things all the time, but they, they're nice and fresh, and they come out really well. Everybody that comes to my house gets one. They always seem to like them, so they must taste pretty good. Wow, that was really cool listening to you go through a day like that. That was really, really helpful. And and before we jump into the three takeaways, I have just a brief follow-up nosy question. Are there any supplements you love that you take, or do you mostly just get everything through diet? Uh, no, I think that there's some really important supplements. I, I think, for, again, because I have had my genes tested, I know how important um, – the GABA, you know, GABA theanine is mm-hmm. very, yeah. very good um, for me personally. And I think I'm also um, don't tend to, my my vitamin D receptors aren't fantastic. You know, I have um, a tendency to need more vitamin D than another person would. So I think I don't, mm-hmm. I'm actually forget to take it, but I I think I every once in a while I think oh I got to take some vitamin D, and so once or twice a week at least I'll take twenty thousand, sometimes fifty thousand I use, but. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. What else are some of the other things? Um, and I also have the um, the, the methylation issue, like again, mm-hmm. many people do. Uh, I'm a, my uh, family background is Italian, so about eighty percent of the Italians, um, you know, have this issue with methylation. So um, I do take uh, the B vitamin complex with the riboflavin and uh, P5P and uh, folate, you know, methylfolate, methylcobalamin. Mm-hmm. I'm very religious about that. And then Zymogen makes a product called Xenoprotect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just take that because I like, I think, you know, it clears phase one and phase two. I don't know if I need it, but I take it anyway. And um, I think they're a good companion product. And I also take Hormone Protect a lot of times, or Myomin, uh, to clear excess estrogen that t- will tend to build up in a, on a woman's body as she gets older. You know, mm-hmm. men too. I mean, we get the wrong kind of estrogen building up. So, and and but I'm sort of not so much into that because it's a glucor. Glu- glu- I have to slow down to say this word glucorophin. But that is exactly what you're getting in your fermented vegetables. So, I I don't think I have anywhere. Like in other words, if you have this problem and you're not clearing estrogen, you could get breast cancer. And in my family. Uh, my two cousins have died from it. My sister had it. But, you know, it's definitely all my aunt, my father's aunts all had didn't die from it, but they all had it when they were 90, in their 90s. They did die, but not from the can- breast cancer. So it's a risk for me. But I eat so many cultured vegetables, which do the same thing. They're mm. fantastic for clearing that extra um, extra estrogen from your body. So definitely, the food is is first. But again, I, I specifically am taking things that my genes have told me where where I might be at risk, and so I know the GABA is helpful a little bit, and I can take higher doses of vitamin D than other people, and I know that the methylation thing is real important to, to mm-hmm. handle, very, very important to handle. Yeah, for sure. Fascinating. Thanks for uh, giving us a glimpse in the life of Donna Gates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I appreciate more than that. anyone wanted to know about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know for for myself, I'm not so much feeling like this, but I'm sure maybe some people listening, their heads might be spinning like there's so many things they need to start right away, but what are three things that people can implement now from well, I think this perspective? Well, it's very, yeah. very important to change the oils in your diet. So if you've got any canola oil or vegetable oil or soybean oil, any of that kind of bad oil, just trash it right away. And only eat the you know the things that are really really good for you. And again, this is another gene thing because 
many people can't take saturated fat, so maybe you can take a little, little bit of butter or ghee, but not, not, or maybe none at all because you don't have the genes for that. Again, there's a, you can tell, maybe that person's a little bit better for um, uh, olive oil or avocado oil because those are a different type of fat, and fish oil seems to be one that everybody's genes benefit from, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's a very, very critical thing to do. Avoid saturated fat. It's Especially cooked saturated fat, I I would highly recommend that you know people do that. The second thing is I'd say start cutting down on sugar and you can get rid of it uh, completely. And you can't you know it's addictive, so you got to realize um you know it's going to take a little effort in my part, a little willpower for about four days to get off the sugar. Every if you have some chocolate today, you're going to sure definitely want it tomorrow. So <laughs> cut down and then start using stevia instead because you can. Uh, fix yourself a glass of water with lemon juice in it and about 10 drops of stevia. Of course, you know, we have stevia, and that's what I'm using our stevia, so that's what I would use is about 10 drops. depends on how much lemon juice you put in it, but you make it delicious. And if you want to make it with sparkling mineral water, use Gerasteiner or Apollinaria because those naturally come out of the ground sparkling, and they don't cause the gas and problems in your gut the way the man-made sparkling ones do. But you can make yourself a really delicious, uh, refreshing treat that when you have that, it's hydrating. A lot of times people are craving sugar anyway because they're dehydrated, and this is a wonderful thing to drink um, to to hydrate them but also satisfy that sweet tooth, the, the sweet craving that they're having. So I'd say absolutely learn to use stevia that way. And then the third thing I would absolutely would say is to add for something fermented to your diet. My first choice would be order the cocoa kefir if you don't want to make it or you know, find some cultured vegetables somewhere and start eating them because they're magical. And the, the thing is, is if you do eat some sugar, like in a piece of fruit, the bacteria are going to eat up the sugar, so it's not going to bother you, and they're going to help you digest your fats better. So, you know, the, you really got a good plan going if you do those three things. Of course, I would say well, eliminate gluten. If you added number four to the list, I'd say <laughs> get the gluten out of your diet for sure. Amen. And just um, for you listeners, we do test the APOE genes. So if you don't know what, you know, genetic makeup, if you can tolerate higher fats or if you should maybe do more lower fats, we can we can always test those genes. So. Very, very helpful. Yeah, and you know that's the interesting thing too. People with APOE4 gene should not be eating uh, olive oil. Even you know, not everybody does well on the on the glorious Mediterranean diet, and they're the ones that you know do need more folate, and they do need a lot of dark green leafy vegetables, and they don't do well on grains. So it is really, really important. Uh, nutritional genomics is going to become very hot. Right now, you know, people don't know about it, but in five years, it's going to be common knowledge. We'll all be talking about it and doing it. So. That's what's on the horizon for the future. Oh, this is such brain candy for me, Donna. Thank you so much for coming on the show. What's on the horizon for you? Anything you want to let our listeners know about? And then where can they learn more about you? Um, you know, I just finished that advanced um, fellowship through A4M, and I just really want to teach. That's all I want to do is share information. So hopefully they'll come to our website, which is bodyecology.com, and just sign up for the newsletter. And we've got some great things starting to programs that we're going to start launching information to educate people. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, get. I've got, I just finished a couple books. I'm wrapping up a cookbook, finally. It's something I should have done a long time ago. It's very surprisingly attractive. I mean, wow, I look at it and I think, wow, these recipes look really good like this. But... Um, <laughs> And then I finished a detoxification book, which is a different twist on de- de- detoxification that 
anybody else has seemed to have done yet. And, um, and you know, so the, the, I'm wrapping this up, and I'm about to leave in a couple of days for Australia. And but as soon as I get back and get these more things uh, cleared off my plate, my whole thing from then on is just going to be teach, 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 because I, I I love to teach, and I think people are hungry for a little more um, what I call simple science. You know, there's an awful lot of educated people today that are quite knowledgeable and they just want a little bit more, you know. Not like I know when being a doctor and everything, you not not at the level that you study, but a simpler version of that. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of people hungry for that right now. And, I, and that's yeah. why your show is fantastic because you can offer that oh. to people. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And and you really do have a gift for making really complicated stuff easy to understand. So I think that would be a huge contribution to people. So I think that's wonderful. Oh, thank you. I like to do that, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, of course. Donna, thank you so much. It is a total joy and my pleasure having you on the show. And um, I'm sure we'll talk real soon. So thanks again for joining us tonight. Yeah, we have to. I hope we meet in person soon. I just looked at your website and thought you were brilliant and beautiful oh. and Wonderful to be doing all this. So thank you very, very much for what you're doing in the world. Thank you. you you're the next wave of people coming along to take over for those of us that are older, too. Oh, so. Thanks, Donna. That's, that's thank very you. sweet. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great night. You too. Good night. All right, you guys. That's our show. That was so much fun. I, it's just so cool having, you know, different uh, role models on my show, someone who has been, I've been reading her book for so long, so that was really, really fun to do. So check out Donna Gates' book, Body Ecology Diet. She's written a bunch of books, so check her out on Amazon.com. Um, and next week's show, we're going to take it a step further and talk about healing your body, um, healing autoimmune disease using the paleo diet. So I'm really excited to have um, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne on the show next week. She's written a really, really great book. And again, if, we've, if, if you've been listening and there's some, uh, some of these tests we talked about tonight, we test methylation defects, we do APOE genetic testing to look at how much fat should you have in your diet. So I really strongly believe in customizing the diet individually for people. I don't think there's one diet for everyone. So it's important to have that information so you can empower yourself and what you should be eating. So, um, Check us out, shinenaturalmedicine.com, drlaurennoel.com, and I'd love to help you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I will chat with you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye. How do you feel about your office? Is it just a space for your company, or is it a space to help you grow your company? When you find the right space, it can attract the right people and inspire your teams to do more. In the right space, you can focus on growing your business. Whether it's a new HQ or a satellite office, with WeWork, you can find a space that works for you. Visit we.co slash space matters to learn more. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.